Three things that God requires of us, justice, goodness, and an honest relationship with God. Because in the end, it's about justice to our neighbors, even with strangers within our gates, and loving goodness, not focusing on all the bad around us all the time, and truly knowing that we do not always know what God requires in every situation, but we are knowing God. And that ongoing, growing, modest relationship should save us from an arrogant spiritual demeanor. Three things for a good spiritual life. Be just, love goodness, walk modestly with God. That's how easy it is to be a Christian. I know, right? Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Welcome to Sabbath School University. My name is Sarah Mae Cologne and I am your host for today. And I would like to introduce our lovely panel. So if you could just say your name and what makes you special. Go. Okay, I'm Scott Cable. Hey, Scott Cable. And, uh, yeah, hi. hi <laughs> and um, I think a lot of times what makes me special is when somebody chooses me to be special. Oh. So Sarah Mae, you, you make me special. Actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think That's that is a really a good answer, actually. I would have not come up with that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, nice. I'm glad you're here, Scott. <laughs> My name's Abigail Figueroa, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm special because I'm Australian, and Australians rock. Like, all the rest of the world, like, we're all yeah. awesome. <laughs> good save, good save. We're all awesome because God loves us, and yeah, I but love you do that. have I'm a really Australian. cool accent, so that does make you pretty special. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad you're here, Abby. <laughs> Me too. Who are you? My name is Denry White, and I'm um, very special because I'm from New York, and um, <laughs> I'm a father of uh, three kids Ooh. and a husband of one wife. Mm. I think that yeah. makes me special. That yeah. is awesome. <laughs> and awesome. your kids like you. Love me. Okay, that's good. I'm their role model. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm really glad that you guys could be with us today as we discuss Lesson 7. So if we could just open up with scripture and prayer. Abby, would you mind doing that? Okay. The scripture says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee? but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Micah 6, verse 8. Thank you. Shall we pray? Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you so much for your word, Lord. I want to thank you for the wisdom that you've given to us through it, Lord. I want to pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to be with us now, Father God. I pray that you may give us ears to hear and just speak through us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Abby. All right, well, as you know, we're reading through Lesson 7. It's about God's special people, hence yes. the special question. Mm. What <laughs> logic? It's crazy. Anyways, um, so the first question, what do we learn from Scripture about the suffering that a prophet experiences in life? Because we've been going through the prophets, and so what do we learn from this? You know, what I noticed with, uh, with a lot of us, we want to run Mm -hmm. to do God's will and, you know, bid in and say, oh, yeah, we want to be the Elijah today. Mm -hmm. But when you look back in the Bible, you know, these men and women, they were like, me? No, no, not me. <laughs> Please, you know? no. Exactly. And um, a good reference is Moses, you know, in uh, no, no, Numbers chapter 11, the people, they were tired of the manor, you know, mm -hmm. and they wanted meat. Mm -hmm. And Moses was just had it. I mean, he just literally went off on God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, quick reference, he said, you know, 
why you brought this trouble on me, your servant? You know, what have I done to, to displease thee? You know, <laughs> did I give birth to them? You know, why are you acting? Why are you making me do this? And so that's just part of it. You know, these, a lot of these people do not want to do what God told them to do. Yeah. So because they, they understand the people, they'll get rejected by the people. And that's so interesting because I think that so often we want to be like the people in the Bible. Like, oh, it's so cool to be mm -hmm. like Moses or it'd be yeah. so cool. But then you hear about what they went through and exactly. their, their reservations of not wanting to really be a part of it. And it's just amazing to think, but didn't you know God was going to help you be amazing? <laughs> yeah, who wants to be rejected? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm, curious, I'm curious though, like, why would the prophet sort of take on the responsibility of the suffering? You know, like why, instead of the people themselves who are doing all the complaining, especially in the case of Moses, like, mm -hmm. why aren't they suffering? I guess they are in their mind, mm -hmm. but why, why is Moses taking on the responsibility of it? Is, <laughs> is, it, is it his, you know, why does he have to deal with it? Exactly. And especially, I can imagine Micah. Now, this is years later when the, uh, both nations are divided and they have apostatized, and Micah is just fed up. I mean, you know, come on, everybody else tried. Now, why should I? <laughs> Why are you bothering me? Could you know? <laughs> but that just shows a difference in how they were compared mm -hmm. to how some of us, some of us now, yes, I want to go out there and preach and save the world. Mm -hmm. And they were like, ah. I think <laughs> that just shows, though, how much maybe we don't understand the high calling, mm -hmm. the different positions are when we want to mm -hmm. venture out of there without God calling us to it. It's like, why? Why would we? It just mm -hmm. shows that maybe we need to be closer with God to realize that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. It has to be his calling rather than our presumption. Absolutely. I know it's very scary to be called by oh. God. <laughs> it sets a different standard yeah. sometimes, and it's an honor, but still bizarre. You look like you're going to say something. Well, do we have any comparable situations, like right now? I mean, do we assume that the pastor is sort of playing the role of the prophet? You know what I mean? Is there anybody that we can look to right now and think, like, oh, yeah, this is this is the same sort of situation, you know, and now this one, like, mm -hmm. do we have anything? Can you guys think of any? Do you have an answer to this? Or are you genuinely? You know, I'm, I'm tossing it. <laughs> just throwing it, is, it know, out here there. It is, jump, it. Jumping right in that hole if you, if you can. I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if I can relate mm -hmm. to the suffering that this prophet's going through. Yeah, and I think that's a really tough place to be because I think uh, we set different standards for different people. And we see people's lives in fast forward. Mm -hmm. So we only see the epic moments yeah. throughout their life. And so for us, we may think our life is rather drab. But at the same time, if we added up all the epic moments in our life and consolidated it, who knows? Exactly. I don't know, because that's what I think of when I read the Bible. Like, man... This person was intense. Like every day yeah. was intense. Yeah. Right. But then you think, oh, that was over 12 years. Yeah. I mean, it's still intense no matter yeah. how you look at it, but at least it was spread out a bit, not in a week per se. Right. So. I think to answer Scott's question, a lot of people, ministers may want to be popular. Mm -hmm. And so they'll just preach encouraging messages. Mm -hmm. And so they won't get to the nitty gritty of dealing with sin. And because they don't want to be rejected. They don't want people you know, trying to mm -hmm. hold them at the back of the church and you know mm -hmm. grabbing them up because they don't want to be rejected back to the day. You know, no one wants to be rejected. So right. they'll just, you know, reach soft messages of encouragement, <laughs> you know, and they're popular. That's so. true. That's true. I don't know. I guess it's something that we all have to look into a little bit more and maybe challenge our online <laughs> viewers to check that out and <laughs> Facebook us. <clears throat> Anyways, all right. Thanks, so, know, yeah, exactly. Good question. <laughs> we'll have to ponder it. Micah 5.2 is an important prophecy. What does it tell us about the Messiah? I know in this, this is kind of what we were talking about, and this is one of the things that 
I know we struggle with sometimes. So what does Micah 5 2 um, tell us about the Messiah? I guess I read I, it? That yeah, helpful? that okay. would be very Let's helpful. Do that. Thank you, okay. Scott. Uh, so Micah 5 2. Uh, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient yeah. times. Do you guys get the sense um, from this verse, at least this idea of, of though you are small? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my first thought is, let's imagine it said, though you are massive. <laughs> how would that change how I understood, you know, where yeah. Christ was coming from Power and kind of how meaningful that, you know, his coming was? Is it, is it important to us that, you know, Bethlehem was small? Does that give us an indicator of who Jesus was going to be? I think it's like comparing uh, Chicago to Barron Springs. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) They're the same in my mind. (laughs) You know, a little humble town. Bethlehem was a little humble place. You know, it was not a big city, you know, um, uh, in that time. So I guess the reference is that, you know, you're small little people, but to you small little humble people, someone great is going to come through. Mm. You know, and the Messiah will come through you instead of a big known city like Chicago, you know, or maybe New York. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it also shows like the true equipping, true empowering doesn't come from the big school that you went to that's famous. You know, Mm -hmm. it comes from God, His Spirit Mm -hmm. working in you and through you. Like that's the exciting thing. It doesn't matter what country people are watching from. It doesn't matter anything. It just matters that you're one with God. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's a a good um, analogy to be able to see that sometimes we expect epic things to come from epic places. But God has a way of using everything, no matter Mm -hmm. how great or small or anything. I know that's kind of cliche, Mm -hmm. but the reality is it's true. And it's amazing to see how he picks and how he weaves these -hmm. things together to make it a beautiful story. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so absolutely. It's really Good. Do you have anything to add to that? Because you, you're the ones throwing out the questions. Oh, is that, okay. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, so you sorry, keep yeah. asking the questions. Uh, and we're all like, yeah, right. Can I ask Can I make a point through a question? I feel yeah. like that. Do that no, and then you can... Go, no, no, no. Go ahead, please. <laughs> I was just going to ask. Um, it says there that he would be ruler over Israel. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, like, how much was Jesus really ruler over Israel at mm. that time when he came, at his first coming, when he was born in Bethlehem? Apart from, you know, the wise men and the shepherd who really acknowledged him. You know, she's onto something. You know, the, vi- the Bible's version mm-hmm. of great or being a ruler mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. sitting on a throne, mm-hmm. ruling and conquering like a general. You know, when Jesus was here, mm-hmm. you know, typically you wouldn't consider him a king or ruler. Right. I mean, he was washing people's feet. He was taking care of the, the sick. But in heaven's eyes, that's greatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think yeah. going back to Bethlehem being a humble place and Micah and Moses and all these guys who just didn't want it, that's what God wants. He wants a humble spirit, humble mm-hmm. attitude, just willing to serve. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're willing to serve, oh, he can use you. That's awesome. I guess it makes sense to me that the leaders of Israel would have been so confused mm-hmm. by this whole Messiah thing. Exactly. <laughs> right? You yes. know? It, and, and I think it it would come from the fact that they were confused about what it means to lead. Mm. You know, it, it's mm. not, you, you're in charge and you're just marching everybody around taking over the world. Mm. But it is, you know, as you showed through service, through, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, he ruled, yeah, in a way people weren't used to. Yeah. Is it the same today at all? Like maybe 
as Christians, you know, in theory, Jesus is our ruler, right? Mm -hmm. Do we really put him where he deserves to be or are we as well trampling him underfoot? Yeah. I don't know. And I think sometimes we search for him in the wrong places because we expect him to be in certain things exactly. or people and, yeah. and then we're always shocked. Well, how did he get over there? You know? <laughs> or is he allowed to even be over there? Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's, it's true. It's intense. And I think the next question that kind of goes into it, it's one that's um, a little dodgy perhaps. In what ways is truth more than just correct doctrine? Correct doctrine and detailed understanding of prophecy. Dun, dun, dun. That's there again, huh? <laughs> well, truth is, um, you know, I, I like to use this analogy. I heard it from a pastor when I was in, at uh, Oakwood. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, you know, there's different kinds of truth. Mm-hmm. You know, present truth is, you know, if I said, if you were my daughter, Sarah, and, you know. Yes. <laughs> and you were running across, and you were, and you were yeah. running across the street, right, uh-huh. playing. And I said, Sarah, stop. Mm-hmm. You know, your room is dirty. It may be true that your room is dirty, <laughs> but is that the, the truth that you need to know? There's a car coming at you, right? You see what I'm saying? It, you know what I'm saying? That's all I said. Mm-hmm. It's true that, yes, Sarah, you did, didn't clean your room, right. but the truth that you need to know right now, the important one, mm-hmm. is that there's a car coming mm-hmm. that's about to hit you. Mm-hmm. That's why I said stop. Right. So that's why I think that there is, it's important to know truth, but which kind of truth? Which one goes with which? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there is truth to a dirty room. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Anyone else? And it's not true that you're my daughter. <laughs> yeah. How do you know? We have... No. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> Anyways, anyone else have any thoughts on that? Well, I was just thinking, like, what is truth? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how can we know truth? Like, what would you guys say? Mm-hmm. What is truth? You, are you trying to make us? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. Like, um, is it in John seventeen verse three? Mm-hmm. Like, if we go there, um, postmodern question. Like that. <laughs> Sorry what about that. True. No, John seventeen verse three. I th- believe it says, um, "Sanctify them by your word. Mm-hmm. Your word is truth." Mm-hmm. Right, John seventeen verse three. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, so if God's word is truth, you know, and the question was, in what way is truth more than just correct doctrine and detailed understanding? of prophecy mm-hmm. how is the word more than just a head knowledge mm-hmm. you know and then i think of jesus mm-hmm. what was he he exactly. was the word incarnate mm-hmm. and i just think that's so amazing that's how it's more than just doctrine that's how mm-hmm. it's more than just prophecy an understanding of prophecy it's by actually living it out in our daily lives by having an indwelling christ so that we can live more than just a dry theory that's awesome. Abigail is onto something. You know, um, <laughs> Jesus, God, imagine if just God just stayed in heaven and just told us what to do. Mm. Yeah, it would be truth. Mm-hmm. But he came and he lived truth. Mm-hmm. He showed us how to live. You know, mm-hmm. so your point is that it's, it's not just in just preaching or telling people, you know, about how to live, but mm-hmm. live it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as a parent, a parent I'm learning that um, if, if I want my boys to be neat or to do something, I have to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Because if I just tell them, oh, you go clean your room and my room looks sloppy, you know, who are they going to model themselves after? What I say or what I did? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, pa- children follow what their parents do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And nowadays, um, people are very visual about everything. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not acting, like doing what you're supposed to do or saying, you know, then yeah. it kind of is a contradictory exactly. approach to things. So, I-, I am still trying to understand, though, the distinction between truth and doctrine Mm -hmm. um, because 
apparently, at least the, the way I understand it, doctrine is the thing they, that, that is, in a sense, kind of the behavior aspect, isn't it? Isn't yeah. that kind of supposed to be the living mm-hmm. part of it, in a way? Uh, it's, it's a, it is a statement of belief, mm-hmm. and hopefully that belief mm-hmm. will change our behavior. Um, I'm, I'm at, at Andrews, I'm actually studying teaching ESL. Okay, so mm-hmm. one thing we talked about recently was this, there's an idea of universal grammar. You know, that everybody, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a part of somebody's brain, you know, that uh, is related to language. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> there are things there that will happen in, in, uh, for everybody, right? Some, mm-hmm. The language just goes through and it somehow, um, this works. But there's a principle idea of this universal grammar and then there are parameters. So, like, you have uh, a baby who's born in China, could mm-hmm. be born in the U.S., yeah. right? So, the principle is the fact that language is going to work mm-hmm. in this baby's brain, right? Mm-hmm. But then the parameter is what language goes in. That will sort of, that will sort of affect how, exactly. you know, like, what the, you know, the language that this baby learns, everything. How, even, even how they behave later mm-hmm. on. Exactly. Language has to do with uh, a lot of that stuff. So, is there a difference then, really... Is truth really more? Is it more like a, like a principle? I'm sorry, this is another question, oh, no. isn't it? This is great. This is like philosophy it, class and like okay, everything but, else. But <laughs> is there a difference between truth and doctrine? This is what I'm getting at. Is mm-hmm. truth more like a principle or is it more like a parameter? Like, you know, you, we all drive on the road, mm-hmm. but some people drive on the left, some people drive on the right. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Right? The fact is we're on the road. We're driving <laughs> on the road. You know what I'm saying? True. So is there a difference? Uh, between, uh, do you see a difference between truth and doctrine in mm-hmm. that sense? Truth governs doctrine. You yeah. know, you, you extract um, your doctrines from the truth. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So, it's just, doctrines should and rule truth. Then, there's no more truth. Mm-hmm. It's error or heresy, if you want to use theological <laughs> term. <Whoa>. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so you much know. school just happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, overload, overload, <laughs> overload. I'm, I'm, Right now, the doctrines that we have, I believe mm-hmm. um, that God has given us those truths. However, is that the only truth, what we have in our doctrine? Is that all mm. the truth that there is in the world? No. No way. Like, there's so much more to it. I like but to be able to put it all in a box very neatly mm-hmm. and label it truth. And then when One, I need two, three, four, five, uh, all yeah. the way up Love to 28, yeah, right? Yeah, and then I can pull out the ones I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. No, like, it that's, doesn't. And I think it's a good thing. Yeah. And I mean, that goes right into another question is, you know, why is it easier to keep the Sabbath strictly than it is to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before God? Why is it easier to keep these? I think I'm not taking a ball and running with it here. But um, (laughs) when you have to just do something, it's easy. If you ask me, you know, Denry, just put your cup here. Okay, fine. I'll do it. But if you ask me, to, to live a certain way. Mm-hmm. That's included in my whole being, holistically. Mm-hmm. My mind, not just to do good. Mm-hmm. You know, I stopped trying to tell my, my sons to do good at school. Mm-hmm. I tell them, you know, you're, you are good. So just do it naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just, just try to just do it naturally, because you're good. If I tell them to do good, then all they have to do is, oh, I'm just gonna do this to please daddy. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on my own, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do my thing. But if you if you tell them to live good, you know, to mm-hmm. the, the thoughts, the mind, and everything, mm-hmm. that's what God wants us to do, holy, holistically good. Absolutely. And that's how He made us in the Garden of Eden, yeah. and He wants us to go back to that practice of living good. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
I was wondering though with that question, mm-hmm. um, I think it really depends on what your definition of, um, yeah, keep it away from mine. Um, what's your definition of keeping the Sabbath strictly? Because when we think of it just as, you know, Exodus 20 verses 8 to 11, okay, mm-hmm. so don't, don't work, don't make yeah. anyone else work. That's one, I guess, prescription of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But when you think of like Isaiah 58, mm-hmm. you know, and it talks about all the things that if you really want to keep the Sabbath, you know. Right. It's so much more than that. Mm. It's actually yeah. being there practically for others. And it's not something that you would just do on the Sabbath. It is about the lifestyle thing. It's the holistic view mm-hmm. of it, again, rather than just right. the letter of the law or whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. And I think that's where interpretations come in. And I think cultural views of things are slightly different in different places as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we we tend to dictate what Again, it goes back to what truth is. We kind of mm-hmm. dictate our understanding of it and say that this is how everyone has to understand it. And I think that's always really interesting to watch <laughs> from the outside, not necessarily on the inside because it's scary when you're in the inside. But um, yeah, I think definitions of it are incredibly intense. But I think I like how you guys brought up the living aspect of it as well. I think that defining it entirely is really going to be complicated. Mm-hmm because there's an ambiguity that is presented throughout scripture in some senses because it is for us to search. So I, I don't know. I guess it just depends. I do think a, a, a lot of the reason that it's easy to do something that you're told is if you don't ask why, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> sure, do this, you know, put this there, you know, follow, like follow these rules. Mm-hmm. If you never stop to wonder, Mm-hmm. then it's easy to do it because that, that becomes your reality. That becomes, you know, like, well, this is just the way life works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but yeah. then if, yeah, exactly. But then if you say, it, what is this all about? That's when you start getting into the big issues of who are, who are people really? You right. know, like, what is it? What is a relationship? How am I supposed to, when I have to choose and it looks like I, you know, it's like I lose, lose, <laughs> you know, what, how does this all work? And that's that's when I think we start getting into justice and mercy mm. and humility. Mm. Can I say? Yeah. You know, if you notice the the rich young ruler when he came to Jesus, mm-hmm. he asked him, "What should I do mm-hmm. to get into heaven?" I say, "Okay." Jesus was like, "Oh, since you want to play the do game, then do this, do these." Oh, he said, "Well, I've done those." He <laughs> said, "Okay, <laughs> let's see how much mercy. <laughs> let's see how really how far can you live to right. do good." Then he said, "Give up everything you have, and follow me." Uh, Mm. See what happened. You see, he was ready to do things. Mm-hmm. If Jesus gave him twenty things to do, oh, bam, yep. bam. But Jesus wants him to live. Yes. You know, so not everyone wants to live. Some people just want to do. Just give mm. me what to do. To do lists are way easier to follow than having to think. <laughs> You're gonna see something, Abby? Yeah, I think. That's why, like, I think the main to-do list on Sabbath is to really genuinely, fully spend time with God yeah. because that's the only way that mm-hmm. you'll be able to do justly. How can mm-hmm. you do right if you don't have a relationship with God? How can you, mm-hmm. and maybe do justly, on the outward, you can do that for mm-hmm. a little while. You know, mm-hmm. you can do the right thing. But to really, in your heart, love mercy, mm-hmm. you know, that involves transformation. You have to have the Sabbath time yeah. and all the time just to have that, relationship with mm-hmm. God and again to walk humbly before your God I love that part walk humbly before your God anyone else that we're around mm-hmm. they're flawed like we are someone be like oh Scott yeah well you know he's that he's guy. a good guy but <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. you know if I compare myself with him it's hard for me to for us to be humble mm-hmm. with any other human because we all have flaws yeah. but if we're genuinely walking with God 
-hmm. How can we not be humble when we realize how awesome he is yeah, and indeed. how not like, yes, we're valuable. We're his child and we're mega important to him. But compared to him, mm -hmm. our righteousness is like, yeah. Yeah, and I think, again, you've touched on a very important thing. I think that it goes back to a personal relationship with God. It can't be anyone else's relationship with God. It can't be the to-do list that your parents gave you about yeah. how to be a good Christian or your pastor gave you in sermon last week, you know, is if you do these five things, you'll be an excellent Christian. You can't, those are great advice steps, maybe in a direction, but until you internalize that and yeah. like truly process it and struggle, I think that there's a beauty in struggling yeah. with where God is in your life um, and talking with him, talking it out, just like a friend. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's when you truly start. Awesome. Start, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what's the proper role of forms and rituals in the Christian life then? <laughs> I, okay, I actually think this is a, I do think this is kind of a chicken chicken and egg question. Uh, because, <clears throat> honestly, because I've, I feel like I've experienced both sides. Like, mm -hmm. of whether, like, does the, does the Christianity, you know, mm -hmm. does Christ teach me to do these things? That mm -hmm. is, you know, pray, like, have, have spiritual routines. Mm -hmm. Are those things a product of, you know, being with Christ? Or can they also introduce me to him? Right. And I think I've seen both mm -hmm. where, you know, it's like, OK, spend the time, you know, put it in. Like, yeah, let's let's mm. do these things. Let's show up to church every week and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And in a way that makes Christianity real. Mm -hmm. Right. But it, yeah, it can it can happen both ways. That's the trouble. Uh, <laughs> that's the problem with these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think that's the cool part, though, is, is that God can use any situation to get you to a point. Yeah. So it can be either side of it and that's cool because God can use anything so yeah I think that's why Christianity uh, if you look through scripture you know Garden of Eden they were almost kind of free-spirited mm -hmm. you know God gave them a loyalty test mm -hmm. but I think we focus so much on the bad part right. God said you can eat all these fruits mm -hmm. I mean you could imagine it could be millions of fruit I'm just throwing a number out there mm -hmm. but just one to just stay away of yeah. you know and now then we go down to the children of Israel. They had rituals. They had to do this. They had to do this, do this because of where they were in Egypt. Mm -hmm. They were so brainwashed. Mm -hmm. God had to get them out of that. So now that Jesus came and showed us how to live, mm -hmm. he said, all you have to do is follow me. Yeah. But, but, you know, so, but that's hard, human nature, because right. we don't want to follow anyone else but ourselves. Right. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Yeah, and I guess the practical application, we're wrapping up, we have a couple more seconds, but the practical application of that is just search for yourself. Is that what you're kind of saying? Like you have to go deeper into scripture and not just follow the to-do list? Yeah. Or the, Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're great advice, but they're not necessarily the only, <laughs> the only method to get there. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you guys were here. Thank you so much for talking. Thanks and I think you guys will be on another show in a couple of weeks. So maybe. Whoop, maybe. Depends on maybe. if we like it. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. You can also join us on Facebook right off of our site. For Sabbath School University, I'm Sarah McClellan. We will see you next week.